Smiles everyone Smiles And welcome to Fantasy Island On Back to the 80s Radio Tattoo, that's your line is next Tattoo Tattoo, your line is next Tattoo, where are you? Taking mom with love I already need a line And I got two screws up I need to come down Tattoo, what have we talked about, my friend? That you have to leave those things in the past They are no good for you Both, I cannot leave them in the past Because I go back to the past And I go back to the 80s And I bring nothing but strippers and fine rugs with me Oh look, it's the plane Most the plane is coming We are going to have our visitors I wonder if they have some hooch <laughs> This is Fantasy Island And today we have two very special people We have Russell Brown, who dreams of going back to the 80s and continuing his quest for his one and only love. And also along the way, we have Stevie Loeb's, who is with us and wants to get his fantasy of becoming an MLB player. Today, we are going back to the 80s on Fantasy Island. What do you say, Tattoo? Tattoo, Tattoo, are you done? Boss, would you like to take my Colombian? Look at Boss, it is delicious. Ah, you're useless, Tattoo. Let's go back, back to the 80s. I need a lighter, Boss, a lighter. To the 80s radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang, soon launching on K Hits 92.5 online and around the world. We're the show that introduces the 80s to a whole new generation, reminiscing on the memories that made that generation so dang awesome. We're here every single Friday, reminding you to like our Facebook page wherever you are around the world. Drop us a note and let us know how you are liking the show. What topics from the 80s you want to hear? All that we ask from you is to subscribe to our show and leave us a comment on the platform that you listen to us on because it does help us out. Today's show is the bonus round, the bonus stop on our final cruise around the 1980s world of rock and metal. But first, with me today, as he is every Friday, is a man who many claim was created in one of Cheechin Chong's labs while filming Up in Smoke. Whenever he is pulled over by the cops, He makes it a point to show them his blockbuster and Hollywood video card as his official ID. But we here at Back to the 80s call him the Chang. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wanderers and wanderists, it is I, the legend in my own mind, and co-host to this fantastic ride of a show called Back to the 80s. Now, before you can hang with Toscano and Chang, the bell Must be rang, Tusky! <laughs> This show weighing in at 278,000 pounds of sheer stupidity and humoristic punch. 
Back to the 80s. I do want to give a couple special shout outs. One of them is a very, very big and special shout out to Sam Dupree of our Facebook fan page. Thank you so much for your support, Sam. We really, really appreciate you. And also a big shout out to Lisa Mueller, who I promised that we were going to give her a very special shout out. So thank you for being with us and being a part of Back to the 80s Radio on Facebook. That is correct, Lisa. A big Changtastic thanks. And I want to give a Changtastic uh, shout out to uh, everybody out there in the armed forces, uh, first responders, and everybody out there that has had to work a regular job through this COVID. I want to give a shout out to our listeners in Spain, Italy, the UK, England, Norway, Mexico, and yes, beloved Germany. Now, Toscano, we are global, as a matter of fact. You know this, correct? We are being heard everywhere. Let's give a shout out to our friends in the States. Let's say hi to everybody that's listening to us in Arizona, in Texas, California, homeboys and homegirls that are listening to us. Uh, give a shout out to uh, our good friends in Utah. Let's give a big shout out to some of our friends in Alaska and Hawaii. Uh, Let's give a shout out to uh, some of our friends in Missouri. You know what, Chang? And I want to give a very special shout out to a couple new places that are listening to us. Everybody from Nepal. Thank you for listening from Kuwait, from Macedonia, from Aruba, from American Samoa, from Sri Lanka, Costa Rica, Cyprus, the Virgin Islands, in Iceland, in Egypt, St. Lucia, Tunisia, Luxembourg, in Kenya. Thank you guys for being a part of Back to the 80s Radio. I mean, we can go all night, South Dakota, Vermont, Delaware, but especially Orange County and L.A. County. You guys mean the world to us. So thank you. Stick around if you just joined us, because we have a great rock show to end our 80s cruise of music. This is Back to the 80s Radio. Y'all don't go nowhere or I'm going to find you. Hey, some of you remember the 80s vibe, right? Well, it lives loud and proud on Back to the 80s with my pals Toscato and Chang. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Welcome back, everybody. How are you babies hanging tonight? This is the Chang of Toscano and Chang, and you were locked and loaded to Back to the 80s. That was Aerosmith, a track off of Rock at a Hard Place, an album that was put out in 1982. And that was a great song, When Lightning Strikes. That was a tour that Chang went to. I have a whole story for that, but that's on another show. Now, Toscano, we are going to get down and dirty into the rock and roll element. And, I mean, we've covered metal. We've covered new wave. Now, a lot of bands that... Uh, are put on a lot of these lists, doesn't matter. We're going to talk about bands that were not categorized as metal, 
new wave or alternative, but just your steak and potato type rock and roll bands. And that was the first band that I had a toss up because I think Aerosmith is a steak and potatoes kind of a rock band. Would you not agree? I love Aerosmith. The 80s, for everybody listening, the 80s saw everything from enthusiasm to neon pink socks worn by men. Creativity was expressed so much in the 80s that artists wore their individuality and they wore it with pride. The 1980s music scene is possibly considered as one of the greatest and to a lot of people, the last of the greatest decades in the evolution of music. And in this case, rock music. Yes, I 100%. I would like to slap high five with that guy. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a high five. Yes. Wait, wait, do that again. Do that again. It was a great high five. Now, I, I don't know if you're sure. Uh, no, I was a little weak. That was weak. But that was kind <laughs> of like a foot. That was like a foot five. Now, Aerosmith, we were just talking about. Uh, some of the, our listeners know, and I don't know if you know, Aerosmith released three albums in the decade of the 80s. And, of course, the album I just mentioned, Rock in a Hard Place, which was put out August of 1982. Then later on down the road, they went in with Done With Mirrors, which was also released in November of 85. Permanent Vacation followed them up in August of 87. And then in 1989, towards the end of the 80s, kind of where rock and roll metal was losing ground to grunge, Pump came out. Now, on a personal note, I was a great fan of Rock in the Hard Place. There's a couple of tracks that I do like on uh, Permanent Vacation, Done With Mirrors, a couple of tracks on Pump, but I will have to state, uh, from 85 to 89, I kind of feel that Aerosmith got a little bit pop rock. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but Lord knows I'll do what I have to do. Uh, in Chang terms, they sucked. Well, you got to keep in mind that after 89, you know, as soon as the 90s started, Everything seemed to go a totally different direction. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to get into that because that's definitely a subject that we will touch upon on another show, definitely. So you're talking about Aerosmith. Aerosmith was one of these bands that, as you mentioned last week, there was a point where they even made some music without Aerosmith at some point. Yes, uh, there was a point uh, right before Rock in a Hard Place in 82 where Steven Tyler left the band. And uh, I think they were having eagle problems. I'm not too sure. I didn't study the glossary on Aerosmith history to bring that about, but bringing that point out like you did, yeah, there was a point and an album where they were not uh, led by Steven uh, Tyler. Uh, I don't remember offhand the name of that album, but I'll tell you right now, it sucked. I, I do want to get into one thing as a side note. It opens up the path so that people, especially the younger generation, can understand why it is that 80s music became so huge and it continues to be so big. You got to remember that this decade, the 80s, it set a standard for music to evolve for years to come. And one of the most recognized advancements during that era was, of course, MTV, which first debuted August 1st, 1981. And it gave way, obviously, to the very first video jock. And MTV was an outlet for for music videos. So people had the opportunity to actually view their favorite artists, those that they had always heard on radio and now view them, if they can't see them in concert, what better way to see them than on television making a video? And at 12.01 a.m. on August 1st, 1981, the first words on MTV were heard. 
eight, seven, six, five, four. We've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. What did they do? Their very first video played on MTV was Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. Now, that's a band that uh, we talked about on our new wave show. But the reason I bring that up, Cheng, is because although uh, that song has a lot of truth to it, but I got to tell you, I think it did totally the opposite for a lot of bands, which is instead of killing the radio star, it advanced their career. And we were talking about Aerosmith and MTV was a major factor in bringing Aerosmith Back to the charts. Yes, I, I concur with you on, on your entire statement. But I will not agree where I personally think uh, a, a man of radio, uh, where radio, radio was my babysitter as a very small Chang. Before I was Chang, okay. I was just an Ang. And uh, I have to stand by video did kill the radio. And I felt MTV opened up the floodgates and the avenues to where it didn't matter what kind of musical talent or range that you had. It mattered on how good you looked, what fashion you were wearing. Uh, did you do something theatrically phenomenal for the camera? This is, this is, remember, where a lot of bands, where hard rock bands were doing videos, but they were lip singing. They were fake playing. Their instruments were not. Well, right. Of course. You know, that's, it's part of getting them to be perfect. On, on television. But you got to remember, MTV was going strong for the entire decade. I'm going to say up to 89. I know people are going to argue that it went on for a few more years, for a total of 14 years, whatever. I think that by 89, it was over. Why? Because complaining, whiny viewers said that they played too many videos. And so just as MC Hammer's career, dun, 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 it's over. And that was it. And what happened? Because of the recognition of MTV, some other stations got involved. You know, now they, they see the big dollar sign. And it, then here comes HBO's video jukebox. Uh, VH1. WTBS aired Night Tracks. ABC came out with ABC Rocks. And then, of course, you just mentioned VH1 got its start. You know what's funny that we're talking about this really quick? Is if you were to flip on MTV nowadays, you're not going to get one video. It's all a bunch of crappy reality shows that are teaching our young people uh, not having a brain is adequate. And and to me, MTV, remember how MTV used to start, how it was blown up? That's what needs to happen to MTV. And I, I want to be the guy that puts the TNT under their ass and blows them up. Did I say ass? Oh, that's okay. Uh, put your kids to bed. The Chang said ass. You mentioned Aerosmith. <laughs> well, I want to hit you up with a band. I want to say this is my second between Queen and so this band is my, you know, they're on a tie for second place. This is for me personally. But this 
band's seventh internationally released studio album. The band I'm referring to is, of course, the one responsible for those about to rock. None other than ACDC. November 23rd, 1981. ACDC to me is kind of a blues-infused hard rock band. Uh, they give me the same vibe that Black Sabbath did. Uh, the difference is you had two guitar players. You had Angus Young on lead guitar and the late great Malcolm Young on rhythm guitar. And the one thing about ACDC, I will say, that the styles and the sound of uh, music changed with the death to the late great Bon Scott and the music he made with HCDC in comparison to when Brian Johnson took over the microphone realm and of course came out with Back in Black. I don't know if some of our listeners know that Back in Black was actually written before uh, bon Scott passed away and they were supposed to be going into the studio with him at one particular time to record that album. But obviously, he died, choked on his own vomit in his vehicle after drinking one night uh, and perished. So he wasn't around and they were very lucky and uh, very fortunate to have scrambled in the short amount of time that they did to find Brian Johnson to take over the realm. Uh, Brian- Especially with, with his vocal range as well. And him sounding so much like Bon Scott. He did sound very similar to Bon Scott, but the one thing I will have to be critical on is uh, his voice seemed a little bit higher in comparison to Bon Scott, to where you got, shoot the grill, way to kill. (laughs) You know what I mean? Kind of like a rumble uh, into a high pitch. But uh, with either singer, I thought uh, they remained to be kings that needed to be crowned that is a great band that you bring up because they get thrown into the category bro like i know you've seen on so many lists into the heavy metal realm just like van halen did and they are farther from being kind of classified in the heavy metal sound by far i think personally i I don't know if you would agree with yeah no you're absolutely right but you know what i think that these people who put them in these categories, I don't even think they listen to the bands or to the music. What I think they go by is their album art sometimes. They'll look at an album art, they'll go, oh, this has horns on it, it must be metal. And then that's that's what happens. The 1981 release of this album was a follow-up to their highly successful, of course, you mentioned it, Back in Black. Now, for those about to rock that I mentioned, sold over 4 million copies in the U.S. and it ended up ACDC's first and only, and this is sad, first and only number one album in the U.S. until the release of Black Ice in October of 2008. Can you believe yeah, that? That's, uh, that's just so ridiculous. They didn't get any credit throughout the 80s and into the 90s. But then again, you know, this is an 80s show. But when they skipped into the 90s, they went through all kinds of personal changes. They no longer had Phil Rudd on the drum kit. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but they had the guy that played in uh, Midnight Oil. Not the lead singer, the bald guy that looked scary, He, you know, but uh, they had the drummer. They kind of were getting pushed by the record company to put out albums, and I think they went a little bit 
commercialized, but they kind of tried to keep the same formula that they were thriving on uh, with their blues rock. In 1981, when they did come out with the album, Rolling Stone magazine declared it to be ACDC's absolute best album ever. Now, another band I got, I'm, I'm sure you're going you're gonna to trip out on this band, is a band called Deep Purple. Now, Deep Purple evolved in the early 70s, as a matter of fact, with lead singer Ian Gillen, who 1970 took the role of Jesus Christ Superstar in Andrew Lloyd Webber's play, Jesus Christ But this band, you know, they evolved a lot of the, the turmoil that rock bands do suffer in the business. They went through some changes. Uh, they had just got back with their lead singer, Ian Gillen. He came back to the band. It was John Lord. Uh, you know, it was Richie Blackmore. Uh, Roger Glover, Ian Pace. The original lineup came back in the 80s and they came up with an album called Perfect Strangers. I went to this tour not only once but three times. I went to that show at that venue at Irvine Meadows all three nights. They turned it up. Now this is a band that evolved from the 70s but yet they kept tight and they came to their format and I think that was one of the greater albums in Recognized as the as one of the pioneers, if not the pioneers of heavy metal and modern hard hard rock. Yes, and he was also uh, in Rainbow. And as a matter of fact, if you like White Snake, David Coverdale, he used to be in Deep Purple. If I'm not mistaken, between 1974 and 1976. Now that was a trippy band, you know. But I don't want to get back into the 70s really quick. Rainbow was a band that evolved in the 70s. Rainbow had such uh, lead singers as Rodney James Dio. They also had David Coverdale. They also uh, went through so many different changes. They had Glenn Hughes, the bass player, uh, was singing lyrics. And one of his better songs was Hush. And that was in 1979, I believe. But Coverdale, I mean, Coverdale came into the 80s. He brought in White Snake. It's another great band that you bring up that I don't think is heavy metal. I wouldn't even categorize them as pretty metal, glam metal. Sorry if I offend anybody out there, but I wouldn't put them in there. They were kind of a ballad rock, kind of a pop. But if you listen to White Snake albums, they have a lot of the nucleus of old hardcore rock and roll. And Coverdale, one of the greatest vocalists, I think, in rock and roll, heavy metal of any era, brought it home perfectly clear in the 80s. Now, I don't know if you know this. Also, in the late 80s, Coverdale went and did a solo project with Jimmy Page, the great guitar players of the legendary Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Yeah. And that was Coverdale Page. I also went to that tour. Phenomenal. They both sounded hot. I saw Coverdale cover some Led Zeppelin songs. And at that time, I was like, Robert who? Robert who? And you know the amazing thing about David Coverdale, and we talked about this on the previous show, is that even at his age now, when he does a concert, he can still hit those high notes. I mean, that's to admire because yeah. most bands 
And the one that really just comes to my mind is uh, Bon Jovi. The guy can no longer reach those notes. He makes the audience, he makes the audience sing. Have you noticed that? Even Billy Idol does that. When he has to hit those really high notes, what do they do? They turn the mic over to the audience. That's how you know. I mean, the guy, they can't hit those notes anymore. And, and that's one sad thing uh, as uh, all of us from the 80s grow older, where we see some of our iconic uh, bands that we loved and our artists, you know, fall to, to, you know, mortality to where they can't keep up what they used to. And I'm going to go on the record right here. I'm going to say it loud and proud that if you cannot carry the notes that you once did, get the hell off the stage and just call it a career. <laughs> you know, sell your music to some car companies or some beer companies. You yeah. know what I mean? And do the right thing. And just enjoy enjoy your retirement. Exactly. Another one of the great front men that can reach those high notes is D. Snyder. Oh, yes. I mean, look at D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. The guy can just rock at his age now. As a matter of fact, Dee Snyder put out a track. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I'm not now, was sure. it the one he did for cancer? Now, that song. Yeah, it's uh, We're Not Gonna yes. Take It Anymore. And he did a video in the desert. We've got the right to choose it. There ain't no way we'll lose it. This is our life. This is our song. We'll fight the powers that be just. Don't pick our destiny, cause you don't know us. You don't belong. Every note, but he was able to slow it down. I mean, the freaking song brought tear to my eyes. And on the track, it, it, it takes a lot to bring tears to my eyes. I have to even cut onions, uh, look at my children, look at my grandchildren, uh, look at my bills. That D. Snyder song brought me to tears. And not being in L.A. And, and not being in L.A. brings me to tears. As a matter of fact, I'm crying in this bottle right now. Fireball thanks you. As a <laughs> I give a lot of respect to D. Snyder because... When uh, their guitar player passed away of cancer, uh, I think it was last year, maybe I, maybe a year before, uh, they came out and made a statement that they would no longer perform as Twisted Sister. I give them a lot of respect, a lot of admiration, because truly I feel that's the way it should be. We've discussed this on multiple occasions, how ridiculous it, ridiculous it is that some bands carry on when other members have fallen or... Uh, legalities have split them up. <coughs> Rolling Stones. <coughs> the Rolling Stones. Now, there's another band that 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 was kicking butt in the eighties. It's like you you know you see some bands you go like, okay, when is that time that you call it quits? And I admire people when they want to keep working because maybe they're workaholics. Maybe they just think that if they stop working, they'll die. Whatever the reason is, that's great if you can still reach those notes, right? If you can still make music and and perform. But what if you can't? As you say, it's time to hang it up. Now, I'm a, I'm wondering if the next time the Rolling Stones come out, they're going to be on walkers. I wonder if they're going to have pacemakers. I wonder if Keith Richards is going to be snorting blow or if he'll be snorting Geritol. I don't know. That's a, that, that's a feat we will have to wait and see. But that's another band that, good God, 
Hurry up. If you just joined us, this is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. This is Back to the 80s. We are covering part four of our rock and roll cruise. Stay tuned because there's a lot more to come on this Back to the 80s show. A hell of a lot more. Now, if it's totally tubular, rad, or awesome, it's on Back to the 80s. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If it's popular, we do it. Totally awesome. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. You're listening to Back to the 80s, Toscano from Toscano and Chang, and this is Journey, Stone in Love, the seventh studio album by Journey that was released in 1981 and it topped the American Billboard 200 chart featuring four hit Billboard Hot 100 singles with Don't Stop Believing. You know what? I got to tell you, that's one of my favorite Journey songs. I do appreciate Journey. I do give them a lot of respect. That's a band that is only 3.5 hours from the area away from where I am located now. So if anybody wants to go on the Google Maps and you want to look in every uh, uh, diverse area around, you will find out that I am 3.5 hours. Now you're 3.5 hours away from the bay? Yes, I am 3.5 hours from the bay. As a matter of fact, my daughter was out here visiting, and her and my grandson and my granddaughter got lost on the highway, and they ended up in San Francisco, almost four hours away from where I am sitting at this exact moment, talking about this exact band from San Francisco, California, Journey. Now, I will say this about Journey. I think uh, Journey evolved into a great band. Adding Steve Perry was phenomenal. Steve Perry, to me, has the voice of an angel. Steve Perry's vocals are just phenomenal. I did not like when Steve Perry went solo in the 80s, and, and you know, he was pretty much, uh, to me, you're, you're, you're on Mark and Kim's show. You're on Coast uh, back in, in, in L.A., and I couldn't handle that. I really couldn't handle that. Yeah, well, I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, there's got to be some type of transition as you get older and as you pass by these different stages in your life. You sometimes try different things. They don't always work. And in this case, although well, his loyal followers, and I consider myself one of uh, Steve Perry's fans, but I do believe, honestly, that he should have remained with the band. To me, the downfall of Journey was when Greg Raleigh left the band, and they filled it in with a guy named Jonathan Cain. Why are you playing the keyboard like a guitar? That looks weak. You know what? Maybe Jonathan Cain should have just been left in the studio. That's a lot of hate. Well, you know, my apologies to Jonathan Cain if you're listening. Uh, 
if you have a problem with me, I'll tell you where I live, and we can sit down like uh, grown men, and we can share some of this fine fireball sweetened whiskey that I'm drinking right now, and I will knock your socks off, Jonathan King. I hate to burst your bubble, but now, because you said that, I'm going to hit you with a band that rode to the top of the charts selling 22 million albums. They sold 22 million albums in the U.S., 40 million worldwide gold and platinum records, worldwide hits that included Take It on the Run and Can't Fight This Feeling. other than Ario Speedwagon. And and if you're an 80s fan, you got to be a lover of Ario Speedwagon. I mean, come on. Oh my god. <laughs> and there it is. I am not a big fan of Ario Speedwagon. There it is. <laughs> Again, I don't want to step on on anybody's toes, so please take No, you already did by just well, laughing in well, my face. Well, just, you know, take your sandals off and put some steel toe boots on cuz <laughs> I'm going to step all over this bed. Now, this band to me kind of sounded like uh, a, like Survivor. You know what I mean? You, you... Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, hey, hey! Take it, take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. Because now you're hitting on, you're stepping on my toes with Survivor. I love Survivor, but we'll talk. We'll talk about them a little bit. We'll talk about them later because they you they were out there in the eighties, <laughs> along with all all six of the. Other crappy Rocky movies go. came out after Rocky One. I said it. Oh. A pity a fool, a pity a fool. Now, now please, back up here. Ario yeah. Speedwagon. I really couldn't consider this band a rock band. I consider them more of a, a, a pop-tempoed rock band. Of course uh, you would. You know? Now, here's a funny thing. I did have the pleasure or displeasure of meeting lead singer Kevin Cronin. Right. At a golf tournament for Mark and Brian. That's right. The Kings are mentors, Mark and Brian, of Los Angeles Radio back in the days when KLOS was a good station, which now they suck. And I hope that you keep that in the show. I want them to know that. But I met Kevin Cronin, and he was nothing but rude, arrogant, <laughs> uh, kind of like through a hissy fit. Now, I don't know, I don't know if it's because I called him Mac Davis. Or it's because I... <laughs> oh, well, see, that you wait a minute here. Let me finish my story. <laughs> now, I was deep into six rum and cokes by the time I met Mr. Cronin on the golf course at the Mark and Brian Golf Tournament. Now, I was not playing golf because I can't even play miniature golf. Let's get that out there. No, I agree. I summoned him for an autograph. Everybody else was getting autographs. I got autographs from Cheech Marin. I've got autographs from D. Snyder. I've got autographs from uh, Mac Davis, as a matter of fact. Several artists that were out there. So I, I, I went upon Kevin Cronin. Now he had all gray hair at this time. Okay, so he, he kind of had hair like one of the Golden Girls. But uh, I called him over. I said, hey, Mac Davis, do you think you could sign my T-shirt? He put his club down. He goes, look, jackass. I'm not Mac Davis. 
I'm Kevin Cronin of the great band REO Speedwagon. And I said, well, that's a very good self-observation. But I find you guys weak, poppy, and your hair sucks, and you look like Mac Davis. Therefore, no, you didn't. Did you not? Did not happen. If you don't believe me, we can make a phone call on another show to my good friend Al, and he will verify that story. All right. So let me get this straight. Now, did you know it wasn't Mac Davis, or you said Mac Davis on purpose? I said Mac Davis at first because he was very arrogant out there with the other golfers. He was asking uh, people that were standing to be quiet. And, I mean, come on, this is a golf tournament. We all know we watch – some people watch golf on TV. They're all quiet, and then you have the announcers. Oh, he's getting ready to set a birdie of 340 feet. So, you know, that's that's the way golf is. You're supposed to have concentration. But this was a rock and roll golf tournament. This was for charity. This is Mark and Brian. Lord knows Mark and Brian never, ever stubbed on anybody's toes to be quiet and to be courteous. They were raw and ruthless like us. So therefore, I thought, well, Chang being Chang, I've stumbled into the realm of being a stand-up comedian. I thought, punt intended. It would be funny. People would get a kick. Obviously, Kevin Cronin didn't get a kick, but everyone else did. So all it did was fortify my dislike of Oreo Speedwagon. He's an arrogant, pompous ass. And his music sucked. Well, I think that you are just generalizing for one bad occasion, like you and GNR. GNR, great band, jackass lead singer. So, okay, so here we go. You mentioned Survivor, and I'm glad you mentioned Survivor because their fifth album, Vital Signs, okay, released on August 1st, 1984, what? That album was so crappy, I forgot about it. Keep going. The Keep album it. was their second most successful album in the U.S., reaching number 16 on the Billboard charts, being certified platinum, my friend. And as a matter of fact, I want to take you guys on a little survival ride with High on You. This is the one and only Back to the 80s. We were high before the night 
Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Welcome back. You are on The Hang with Toscano and Chang here at Back to the 80s. And that was another crappy song by another crappy band back in the 80s. The only thing that ever saved this band was being on the soundtrack to Rocky. There, I said it. And I would like to punch the eye of the tiger every time I hear this band. This is one of the bands, strictly 80s, born in 80s. Some say they died in the 80s. It doesn't matter. You know what? If you want 80s, you want to know what 80s was all about, the feel, the feel of 80s. This is it. Yeah. Now, now, Survivor was like, uh, please squeeze the Charmin. Let's see what Mr. Whipple's going to do. He's not going to do a damn thing. Just like Survivor was not going to do a damn thing to go into the 90s. All right. For all us Survivor fans, uh, we do not promote or condone the crap talk on Survivor here at Back to the 80s. But we do listen to it because it is the Chang. Yes, that's right. Now, here's another crappy band. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Here's another band. That, uh, let's see, I'll put this in layman terms. They went from the 70s into sucking. There, I said it. Are you ready for this, Ben? I'm ready. Fleetwood Mac. Uh, You know, finally, we agree on something. Talk about a band that I feel, this is just me personally, I feel is overrated, but not quite as overrated as Rush. But anyway, that's, we digress. (laughs) So Fleetwood Mac, I would have to agree with you 100%. Now, now, do you not agree, bro? They came out with some catastrophic music, uh, a heavy sound. Uh, when they cre- when they made Tusk with the USC marching band, the one thing about that band that stood out is Lindsey Buckingham would sing. Now, that would have been the only reason I would have ever wanted to hang around with him, to get free blow back in the D.A. The, the cocaine use involved in Fleetwood Mac. It is said that they did enough blow to fill eight miles worth of a street. Can you believe that? Now, if the Chang was with them, they would have only been able to account for five miles. But now this is a band that kind of dissolved instead of evolved in the 80s. Their music got a little poppy. Uh, There was a lot of uh, kind of mistrust in the band, and you could hear it in their music. I I believe Lindsey Buckingham uh, took uh, some time away from the band in the 80s. I believe Christine McVie and John McVie, the bass player, were going through a divorce. And all in all, as their music was sucking, and Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were breaking up, and the McVeys were breaking up, Mick Fleetwood sat behind the kit writing talentless crap music while snorting cocaine off his hi-hats. And to me... That is weak, just like every song they put out in the 80s. I said it. I said it. Now, you mentioned... Another artist that came out of that band, Stevie Nicks. Oh, my goodness. Stevie Nicks Hot. rocked the scene with her debut solo album, Bella Donna, in 1981. Now, some people say she's like the good witch. You know what I mean? Because she wore white and she had beautiful blonde hair. I mean, she was very attractive. Don't get me wrong. But mm, that kind of music. It's another, hey, you're listening to Mark and Kim right here at Coast 101. So what do you have to say for Edge of 17? I think Edge of 17 should have probably died at 16. That's what I'll say to that. You know, that song just missed out on the top 10 on the Billboard 100, peaking at number 11 in the U.S., Edge of 17. And that is hilarious. 
know what's so hilarious? The Billboard Top. Uh, I don't know what billboard they were, you know, striving from, but uh, the if, one if, on Rosecrans and Normandy. Right now, that's the one. I believe that's by the train tracks that nobody really sees. And, exactly. Uh, if I would have had a sledgehammer, or maybe I would have had a chainsaw, I would have cut that billboard down because I was like, "Good God, your list of great music really sucks." But uh, you know what? You got to hand it to her because this has been Stevie Nicks' most enduring and recognizable song edge of 17 they still play this on the radio to death yes they do they overplay it as a matter of fact bands like fleetwood mac and foreigner uh oh wait a wait minute. a second wait, wait a, a second wait a minute that you the, just those are the those are the two biggest reasons why i from radio sucks in los angeles california oh, foreigner wait. is a an, an amazing band oh come on look at songs like jukebox hero well, great song. Maybe back in the 70s, uh, 78, 79, they were a great band, but come on. When, oh when they gosh, first came out, I want to know. I thought you were going to say, I want to know what I was love like, is. Oh, my God, you guys suck. <laughs> Foreigner, please. I want to know what love is, but I didn't want to know what love is. I just wanted to know what station could I put on to where I don't hear your goddamn music All anymore. Right. There's that's, the hater. That's what I thought of Foreigner. All right, well, what okay. about 1983 album? By ZZ Top called Eliminator. It was produced by their band manager, Bill Ham. And mm -hmm. this was a song called Sharp Dressed Man. ZZ Top. Mm, yeah. Well, of course, if it wasn't for MTV, I don't think that album would have uh, done as well as it did. Uh, you know, this was about the time when Sex Sells and ZZ Top came out looking like a couple of old perverted guys straight out of a senior center with those long beards where who knows what the heck was in there, what kind of food they had eaten weeks previously. And they came out to with two hot smoking chicks and a badass ride. Unfortunately, MTV only made one particular song really, really f famous over that entire album, and that was Legs. Why? Obviously, because of, you know, Chick's Legs. And so it was all a marketing thing, but they that song did really, really well because all guys would see when they heard the song were those legs. Exactly. You know, the only time I would... Uh... I would sometimes watch MTV out of boredom, and I would only watch for the hot chicks. I'm not going to lie. I'm going out right now. I'm going out right now on a leg, a ledge of my own. Yeah, I only watch the hot chicks. Sorry. Now, that is a great band that did come from the 70s that kind of had that uh, kind of blues Texas style, a lot like uh, a great uh, – oh, here's another great guy out of uh, Austin, Texas, Stevie Ray Vaughan, that falls, uh, falls into the realm of rock and roll in the 80s. But then that's a whole nother list of rock and roll that we can go into. Blues-fused rock and roll. Robert Gray, you know what I mean? But Ray Vaughn, I have to say, uh, Ray Vaughn to me was one of my favorite uh, uh, artists back in the late 80s, guitar wizard. 
guitar god. I put him up in the ranks of Eric Clapton. I put him in the ranks of uh, Jimi Hendrix. I put him in the ranks of Muddy Waters. Uh, you know, I just put him in the in the ranks of, of some of the greatest blues guitar players of all time. Stevie Ray Vaughan, I was very blessed and fortunate to watch him play four times in Los Angeles. Man, what I would have yeah. given to have seen Stevie Ray Vaughan while he was alive. Well, I'll tell you what, let's jump over to April 10th, 1984, because the heart of rock and roll was the song that was performed by Huey Lewis in the news. And it, and it was and it was based on a comment that Huey Lewis made to the band that later he changed it because he mentioned to the band the heart of rock and roll is still beating this was 1984 of course and according to him the message of the song is that there's real rock and roll in other places as well other than LA in New York that is a band that goes under the scope a lot bro if they fall under the microscope a lot of people will classify them as kind of pop I particularly do not, just probably like you don't. I have a lot of mad respect for Hugh Lewis in the news. Anybody that incorporates uh, brass, anybody that incorporates the, the sound of horns, anybody that uh, incorporates the feeling of wanting to dance to just regular rock and roll and have such a soulful voice as Huey Lewis did and to have the kind of fashion that they did they all wore glasses they all wore dark sunglasses suit They're, they look very business attire i got a lot of mad respect for huey lewis in the news and i think that that band kind of got gypped a little bit in being honored and and brought up for the talent that they really were matter of fact a real quick story i did meet huey lewis at one time in 1985 in hollywood on uh Kawenga at a 7-Eleven. He was one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. I met him in line. I was getting a big gulp, and he was getting a coffee. It was about 9 o'clock. No, 10 o'clock in the morning. I was a union painter at the time. So I met him getting my, my break uh, uh, soda pop and, of course, a hot dog. And I said, whoa, Huey, man, I, I'm a big fan. Love your music. Uh, what are you guys going to do next? I love how you incorporate the horns. He was classic, bro. Totally a cool dude. Matter of fact, he bought my hot dog and my Big Gulp, and we continued talking all the way out till I got in my work truck, and he got, of course, into his Mercedes-Benz convertible. Great band. If you just joined us, this is Toscano from Toscano and Jane here at Back to the 80s. We are talking about rock, and we are ending our Rock Cruise series today with our fourth and final episode. We're going to come back from a quick break, but I want to leave you with a, with a band that is my number one band ever from their greatest album from 1987 the joshua tree that's right none other than you two with where the streets have no name on back to the 80s radio
Hippity dippity doo, you are back to the Toscano and Chang revival here at Back to the 80s. And that was a great, great song. And I gotta tell you, there is no other band like that. I hope you like it, but we've got more to talk about. As a matter of fact, Toscano, listening to that song of the great U2, one of the greatest albums, I think, besides War, that U2 could ever create. You know I have special homage and a special place for U2 just like you. I feel U2 was as great as the Beatles. Every album they did was different. Uh, Bono came out and stood up like a humanitarian in the same style as the late great mentor himself to me, John Lennon. Diabolical the way that those guys came up with hit after hit. They would just dive into the studio and just give you everything from their heart and soul. Uh, the song Streets With No Name, that is so open on the horizon of what it means because I think everybody could identify with being in that place with the street with no name. Whether you're trapped in a moment of time in your mind or you're visiting somewhere you're not familiar with or you're, you're, you're say you're moving on with your life and you get away from home, that's a song you can listen to that is going to give you all those memories back of what you just left or why you just left. A very great band, and I'm glad you brought them up. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Back to the 80s. This is the time of the show. <laughs> this is the time of the show where we talk about what made us angry in the 1980s. And in honor of the most wondrous and the most fluid, the most notorious Chang, we now call them Changries. So, Chang, what made you Changry in the 1980s? You know what made me Changry back in the 80s? Having to pay on TV to watch the Raisinets of Rolling Stones. Oh, my gosh, could, on TV. All I could do when I sat there with my sister watching that concert was like, when are one of these guys going to die to say goodbye? You know what else got me Changry back in the 80s? What? Lover Boy. Mm. <laughs> it's a good band. You know no, please. You know what else got me changry? <laughs> oh, back in the 80s? What? Anything after Rocky won. You know what else got me changry back in the 80s? Do you want to know? Yeah. MTV. I do. Uh, you know what hater. else got me changry back in the 80s? Ronald Reagan saying no to drugs. You know what else got me changry back in the 1980s? I've already mentioned it. Anytime I had to see Jonathan Kane in a jersey. What a weasel. That, ladies and gentlemen, has been this week's Changries. If you have something that made you angry in the 1980s and want to share it with us, go ahead and drop us a note on our Facebook page, and we'd be more than glad to read it here on Back to the 80s. So we're talking about rock and, and Chang. Oh, this is the home stretch. I'm going to have to kick the door in with this next band. A lot of our listeners, if you really, really, really are deep into the 80s music, you have to give it up for a band that had a short-lived time. And that band is called The Power Station. Tusky, do you remember The Power Station? Very little. They were The Power Station oh. band. Now, Power Station first floored us with Some Like It Hot. Now, this band was led by the extraordinary vocalist, the late, great Robert Palmer, 
and it was also the members. There was a band called Sheep back in the 70s. The drummer Tony Thompson, Robert Palmer, and get this, the brothers of Duran Duran. That's right, the brothers of Duran Duran, Andy and John Taylor formed yes. this band. And you know, John Taylor was on bass and Andy Taylor was on guitar, yes. by the yes. way. Yes. Uh, that's a very good fun fact. I, I have that in my script notes. I don't know how you've seen them, oh, but see. you beat me to the punch. <laughs> I think it's because you're wearing that tough jiu-jitsu right jiu-jitsu sweater. All yeah, of a sudden, right. you think you could just kick the Chang's ass. From, well, <laughs> I'm going to come up with my own fun facts. But I give you a lot of credit for jumping in and giving me that fun fact. Now, this was a band that was formed in 1984. They had three right. top ten Hit busting songs on the charts. A great band. I would yeah. I would have really loved to have seen them carry it on beyond the eighties, but they did not. All right, Shane. So another one of the bands I want to bring up. Actually, not even a band anymore, because after Genesis, Phil Collins took off on his own, and Phil Collins, he does not suck. Plus, Phil Collins has. One of those repertoire of music that almost every song is a hit. I got one more band now that you brought up that crappy Phil Collins guy. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Okay, okay. I like them. That was a great yeah. band. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, they came out, and you kind of looked at him, and you're like, man, am I watching the guy from Hee Haw? Is that the donkey? No, that's Tom Petty. <laughs> it kind of looked And like the him. Heartbreakers. Yeah, didn't he? It looked like when you first seen him. And I was like, oh, you let me, baby. You let me yeah. He kind of sounded like Bob Dylan on Blow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't. I'm glad we didn't talk Man. about Bob Dylan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless of the variety, the music is the 80s, and they were big hits. And there continue to be big hits from the 80s. That's because the music spoke of the minds of the people. It made no apologies. We could all identify with the slow ballads, of course, from Phil Collins in the afternoon and put up a black leather jacket, rocking to Iron Maiden by nighttime. We didn't have to apologize to anyone. We had the freedom to express ourselves. Experimenting and lyrics became an integral part of the 80s. And that, my dear 80s fans, is precisely the reason why the 80s will never die. This is Back to the 80s Radio. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang. Till next week, God bless. This is a Chang. Before I release you to another Chang-tastic weekend, <laughs> I, I have to apologize. During Toscano's speech, I was laughing because I was, I was just... Uh, I couldn't believe that me and Toscano could nail Tom Petty's voice and not even sing the lyric. That was beautiful. So we're going to leave you on that note. Remember, stay lifted and gifted, everybody. Do something bigger than yourself. Stand up for something bigger than yourself. Call somebody you haven't called. Go see somebody you haven't seen. Get your shots. Do what you got to do. And remember, tomorrow is a better day. To all my friends out there, I bid you an adios. Sayanara, hasta mañana, and to all my homies in the barrio, all around, orale carnal. Take me back to the glory days.